You ever experience deja vu? Mm, no. Not really. No. No. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't think, think so. Crazy. Do you think that? All right, good. Just checking. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories. Some are real. Some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 40. I'm Jesse Chapman. With me as always, Chris Newth. Hey guys. Kyle Maddock. That's a fact. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. (sighs) Hello. Today we're reviewing season four, episode eight of Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, which, if you don't know, was a 1990s TV show hosted by Jonathan Frakes that featured five stories that defied explanation. Some based on real events, others totally fake. In our show, we'll summarize those stories, make our own predictions as to which are fact and which are fiction, and at the end, we'll find out the truth together. You don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you'll like our show. Guys, we are back. People are clamoring. Uh, a, a, a clamoring, I would say. Not just clamoring, they're a clamoring. The there's, one, there's one clamor. There's been a clamor. A clamor or two. We've, we've had, heard a clamor hogs. or two. <laughs> Did you guys notice anything in particular about this episode? Episode eight, a completely random episode of this show. Something... Did feel familiar. A little familiar. Mm. Yeah. Deja vu y. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Couldn't Possibly. quite place it. Oh, that's right. It was our pilot episode that we recorded and never released. Yes. <gasps> last year. Oh. You're right. Oh. Last yeah. year. So <laughs> almost a year ago. Almost mm-hmm. a, well, over a year ago, to be oh, honest. No. So <laughs> I did a little investigating. So what we're talking about is way back in the day when uh some of you guys know this story, when Kyle surreptitiously recorded us all just hanging out and watching an episode of Beyond Belief and played it back to us after we watched an episode, we're like, you know what? We're not horrible. <laughs> so That's we did a idea. test episode and that we recorded and we wanted to pick one way far out into season four so that, you know, just in case we ever did go through with the show, we wouldn't come across that story anytime soon. Right. Yeah. And that random episode that we picked was season four, episode eight. And we were all kind of surprised when we loaded it up. We're like, oh, wait, this was the pilot episode. So, so we watched this episode. Yes. And recorded an episode. Yeah. Never released Over it. a year ago. Well, to be exact, it was on uh, May 23rd of 2017. And that was 481 days ago. Okay. So we usually can't remember stories from a week ago. A week yeah. ago. <laughs> so so, there, so there we might... might be tinged with remembering some stuff, but we're not going to flat out remember <laughs> everything. No, and we've made an agreement amongst us. Like if someone knows that they remember one of the results, no one's going to tip their hand to that at all. We are going to just do business as usual and uh, just analyze the stories and and make our mm-hmm. predictions and no one's going to give anyone hints now uh, there are these episodes randomly like we've watched the show mm-hmm. before you know um yeah. and, but occasionally we'll like remember but it tends not to help i mean tiffany you were saying even the <sighs> yeah. other day like you remembered an episode and you scored worse i just i, I think it I really gets got, jumbled I got like a zero or a one and so i'm like not feeling good <laughs> the going. second time you the did second it. time oh, after wow. we had already seen it so i'm like i'm not feeling good going into so this I'm episode. Voting the opposite of tiffany on <laughs> yeah <all these> exactly <laughs> that's a good strategy that would not be bad at all you get a three out of five most times <laughs> well one other bonus that we're going to give you guys is we agreed to release the pilot episode um, as a bonus episode this week. So you can listen to us uh, originally analyze the stories when we 
had no idea what we were doing and we were mm-hmm. just kind of building the show from the ground up. Yeah, it'll so. be an interesting case study to see if we have learned anything in 40 episodes. I sound so different. Yeah. We all kind of have a different vibe and energy for oh, sure. Yeah. It was the very first time we ever were on, on tape, like being recorded. So, and also I think for our, at least some of us, the first time to have like microphones in front of us and headphones on and hearing our own voices. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first, that first time feeling so weirded out and awkward. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get used to it. Now everybody else is going to hear Ooh, you. I did not agree <laughs> to this. <laughs> well, we are going to dive into the stories today. Five beyond belief stories starting with Caitlin's Candle. My mom was a wonderful artist. She always made beautiful gifts for me when I was growing up. Our home was filled with her creations, especially the beautiful things she did with candles. There was one that had an inscription on the holder. When you need to light your way, remember my love and let it sparkle for you that day. To show everyone that we certainly don't remember much. We actually <laughs> thought that this was Christine's candles since forever. Oh yeah, yeah. day one. We when kept we calling were, it Christine's candles day ever after. since when we refer to this story in our pilot episode, we always say Christine. Yeah, but it's Caitlin. Well, it's we Caitlin. started taking notes after the pilot, yeah. guys. That's what it was. <laughs> well, it's like every time we there's there's many stories where like something will be hidden in something that someone finds when they need something valuable. We'd always say that was a Christine's candles. Yeah, kind of moment. Big mistake. So yeah. Christine. Well, okay. Let me go ahead and give you guys a story summary here. Caitlin Woods is taking care of her father who suffered a stroke and the. The stroke occurred when the father was trying to ward off a home invader. The home invader was unsuccessfully stopped. He made off with um, this valuable candle that Caitlin's mom, who has passed away, had made her and a bunch of handmade uh, items. She was a beautiful, uh, wonderful artist, and she has all these little trinkets around the house that were handmade. While she's doing uh, a daily walk around the block with her father, a mugger comes up, steals Caitlin's purse, and something comes over her, and she doesn't know why, but she chases the mugger down inside this uh, abandoned building and then boom out of nowhere she is attacked and there are these candles lit in the room and suddenly the whole place starts burning and the mugger freaks out and runs away and suddenly the fire stops she has no idea why but then she sees the candles that were in the room one of the candles is the candle that was stolen from her house all those years ago she goes back and uh sees her dad shows the candle and as she hands the candle dad look at this crazy coincidence the candle drops out of her hand shatters on the ground and the holder that the candle is in opens up and reveals that there is a diamond necklace worth $100,000 that Caitlin's mom hid all those years ago before she died and the dad never knew. So this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that a home invader can steal a very expensive item and then later be that same mugger or be led led to the where the mugger was? That's kind of what we're being asked here. You, right? you can be more specific. Oh, sorry, Kyle. And, uh, go ahead, Mark. You, okay, you, I'll you go. No, I'm just kidding. The most unbelievable part of this story <laughs> is the fact that someone would steal a candle in a robbery. Well, that's what I was going to say. Well, why did the mom even put the necklace in the candle? That's like the weirdest hiding spot for $100,000. Why are you did, hiding did, it from your... did say she hid stuff all over the house? But why a $100,000 diamond necklace? Up? No, they do have a reference to the fact that the mom was the Easter Bunny. So she was hiding oh, all these ah, items. Ah, layers, like man. That onion keeps going. Keeps peeling back. Keeps peeling back. No, it's a good question. If you're going to hide something in the house that's worth that much money, 
you tell the dad where it is. Or you put it in a safe. That's literally what safes are made for. Like a safety deposit box at a bank or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I also, I couldn't help but think of um, your your point that you bring up so often, Jesse, is like ghosts make elaborate plans because I, I feel like you're also kind of being asked to believe that the mom's ghost somehow wanted her daughter to chase after a criminal, right? be attacked by the criminal, yep. then scare the criminal away with the flames just so that she could like the the ghost of the mom could give the daughter the candle that happened to have the necklace in it and it's like couldn't I feel like there's an easier there way to do ri- that. There was a high risk operation. High risk. What if what if the mom was luring the daughter and then the mugger just turned around like halfway through her coming up the stairs and stabbed her in the stomach three times? Like <laughs> but, that could have easily happened. But and the it's daughter like, was also trying to become a law enforcement officer, so maybe the mom knew that and was giving her a test. Ooh, I like the <laughs> added. I, mean, I like. She can't deal with that. Then. The onion she just keeps peeling back. It just keeps peeling back. It yeah. just seems a little coincidental. I don't know. I would say it's a lot. A lot of yeah. a lot of things have to pile up in order for this story to actually happen. Yes. Yeah, like wax forming a candle. Ooh, yeah, yeah wow, you went true. way back. There's too many things. And was the fire even real, or was it just something that she oh, saw? Yeah, was it oh, a mental right because, thing? Right, because uh, it, it kind of makes more sense that maybe she just thought she saw fire. Right? It is maybe. complicated <laughs> though, and it does feel like it falls into a complicated category. That's the one All thing. Right. It's you know, I, and again, I don't. Ooh, we definitely didn't it, have this. There's coincidence, or, and it's complicated. I just the, the it's so C. bizarre. Would the writers come up with this? Like this is the most like random, bizarre thing. Which is just it's hard to imagine them being like, "All right, well, there's this candle." You see, you don't <laughs> you know give what? Mike and Bob enough credit. <laughs> maybe not. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to predictions. I'll kick it off. But, you know, something is really itching at me about the fact that a burglar stole a candle in the first place. So I am going to vote fiction on this one. Mark. Why are you voting fiction, Jesse? Do you remember? I truly, I I remember, <laughs> I remember one of the five stories and that is it. Um, and all right. that's all I can tell you. And I'm not telling you which one I remember. And I don't remember. Um, There's a one in five that is this one, Mark. So yeah, do you want to exactly. copy him? I think... This is coincidence based, and I think there's definitely a kernel in here where that story would get out because it's kind of fun and bizarre. Uh, fact. Okay, Tiffany. I'm going to go with a complicated theory. It just seems like such a random series of events I don't see the writers coming up with. So I'm also going to go fact. Kyle. Complicated coincidence. I got to go fact. All right, Chris. I'm going to make this easy. Three of you think that it's fact. I'm going to go fact. <laughs> I feel oh, oh, It's so called the beauty of being last. So you're <laughs> trusting us. Yeah. Because I oh. truly don't know, but I will go with uh, just being last. All right. We've <laughs> all locked in our predictions. And now there's one more prediction we like to make each week. And to answer your question, Tiffany, I'm feeling horrible. Um, we like to flip a coin. We flip a coin and heads means uh, fact, tails means fiction. And we just do this to see, are we able to outpredict random chance? Let's flip a coin. The coin is going to predict Fiction. Thank you, Coin. And we are going to move on to story number two, which is called The Flower Jury. Why don't we put together a lineup? Lineup? How do we have a lineup if we don't have any witnesses? The plants were here. The plants? Yeah. Was it, I mean, a little aggressive. Wasn't the most sensitive cop in the world. No, definitely not. <laughs> Tiffany, you're going to give us a story summary. What happened here? A lot happened here. Um, so two cops are investigating a murder of a flower shop owner. And when they arrive, they find out that the nephew, you know, found the uncle and there are no witnesses to this murder at all. So they're talking to the nephew. Um, so as they're kind of brainstorming 
how to go about trying to solve this murder without any witnesses, the younger cop, he was like, you know, when I was in college, there was this professor, Professor Comstock. I took a biology class with a professor named Comstock. Now he was, uh, well, he was a little out there. I'm sorry, what? I'm not going to say it again. Um, And the professor did all of these experiments on plants and actually hooked plants up to a polygraph test kind of, you know, saying that plants have feelings or they res- they can respond to stimuli in a way that could potentially lead to, you know, solving this case. And so what they do is they round up all the normal suspects around the area and they connect a plant to a polygraph. Yeah, they attach <laughs> they diodes. Attach, yeah, to this polygraph. And then the nephew comes in at the end of this experiment saying, hey, have you guys gotten any closer to finding my uncle's killer? And the polygraph goes crazy. And so taking this Immediately as fact, the cops go (laughs) to the nephew, arrest him almost immediately after saying you murdered your uncle. And then it's revealed after two hours of questioning that he did actually confess. And when he asked, um, you know, because they had said earlier there was a witness to kind of spook him. And when he asked who the witness was, they were like once or twice a day. What was it? It was something crazy. (laughs) Yeah, he said he asked me who the witness was. I told him I'm sure he knew who the witness was. In fact, I'm sure he even watered him a few (laughs) times. Oh, God. Oh, God. So this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that plants can witness things? Not witness with their eyes. They don't have eyes, but the sense that they can... They have feelings and and they can actually... Well, well, they're a flower jury. It's ludicrous. This story is ludicrous. What they have the people doing is they have these um, people that were in the flower shop coming in one at a time like a lineup facing the plant, turning to the left, turning to the right, and then the plant will react Mm -hmm. or not. And what if that plant wasn't paying attention, but the plant behind them that they didn't hook up to the plant? Yeah, they were only showing okay. it to going one crazy. Plant. I'm I, just saying. Okay. What about on. the type of plant? Too? Yeah. Well, there's there. I have even in recent years uh, read and heard about plants feeling things. Yeah, my seventh grade science teacher, and maybe I brought this up in the pilot too. He um, told us about this in our class about like how they did these studies where. Um, people would be really kind to plants and say sweet things to it and sing to them every day. And the plants that had that would grow much better than the plants in the other room where people would just scream at it and fight constantly in front of the plants. It's like they can can feel and absorb negative emotion. I I talked to a guy that I work with quite often and he grows some special plants. And um, (laughs) what are we talking about? he, (laughs) He talks to them. And he and he pets them and he treats them right and they grow. Very this guy lush. is a serial killer. All right, here's my here's my. You guys are all freaking hypocrites. I feel okay? like you're all sitting here Excuse debating me? ghosts and, and paranormal <laughs> shit. As soon as a living organism can sense things, you guys are like, "That's the most bullshit thing I've ever heard in my life." <laughs> F you guys, come okay. on. Oh well, okay. Plant, plants are living creatures. Okay, guys, what's the kernel of truth here? I mean, it seems to me that they just set up a sting with something ridiculous to try right. to yes, exactly. influence, you know, this guy. They knew that yeah, this guy the, the was, nephew was the they killer. knew he was the killer. They didn't have sufficient evidence and they just lied. They said, hey, we've got a witness. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, guy puts you at the scene of the crime. He saw you kill the uncle. And then he confesses. And the plant is just this part of this elaborate nonsense to, I love it. to convince I mean, the guy that they had some kind of thing. People that, you know, kill people in a heat of passion or he's thinking crazy or whatever and he just buys it and admits to the the killing. Yeah. I also think you can't... It's not like this can actually be brought into court. Okay, if I go to court, how would this look like? Okay, the prosecution's going to say, I call the next witness, it's the hibiscus. 
<laughs> and then they wheel that thing out to the yeah. stand. Better not be the wheatgrass. I th- you would say, I'm not confessing. Do let's do that. Yeah. I will I will go against the the trees in court. You know what I mean? All right, guys. <laughs> let's go ahead on to predictions on this one. I'll start. Uh, do I think it's possible that some police are just fucking shady and convince someone that there was a witness when there wasn't? Yeah, I'm going to go fact in this one. Kyle. You guys are all hypocrites. And do <laughs> I believe that a living organism can sense things in a way that we might not quite comprehend? Absolutely. Fact. Mark. Uh, yeah, this one's obviously the best story ever. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany. I feel like the ones that are the craziest, weirdest out there stories always tend to be fact because I think it's going to like trick us. And because this one is so ridiculous, I'm going to say fact. Yeah. How would someone write this? Yeah. And also it's like everyone would assume this is fiction. You know, so I'm going to say fact. Chris. I am also uh, saying this because I'm last again and you all said fact. Fact. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. (laughs) All right, guys, we've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. Coin is going to vote fiction, and we are going to move on to story number three, which is called The Mentor. Houdini this, Houdini that. I'm so sick of the great Houdini. Calm down, Leonard. I won't calm down, but he's holding us back. Leonard, what's the point? If we just keep duplicating Houdini's tricks, we'll never get out of his shadow. Philip's right. We have to come up with something, something more dazzling than being buried alive. Then that's what we'll do. Iceberg, right ahead. (laughs) Same theory. (laughs) Kyle, you're going to give us a summary. What happened here? Um, So let's flash back to Manhattan in 1925. (laughs) The era of Harry Houdini. (laughs) And two brother magicians, the Kirby brothers, Philip and Leonard, who are trying to be better than Houdini. They're in his shadow and they're trying to break out of it. Uh, and they're doing pretty good, but they just can't get the, they can't get the word of mouth out there. They're trying to, trying to figure out an act that will, that will bring their game above Houdini. And so they come up with this idea to freeze Leonard in a block of ice for 24 hours. Except there is a curse placed upon the Kirby brothers. Uh, off camera before the story starts by a gypsy. But the curse says that one of the brothers will die during one of their magic acts. Okay. So anyway, Leonard is going to be frozen in this block of ice for 24 hours and 22 hours go by and everything's fine and dandy. And all of a sudden, Leonard, you hear, help me, help me. Oil can. (laughs) Well, Philip, scared that his brother is going to die because of the curse, grabs a nearby hammer, smashes the ice. Leonard falls out and he is fine. But then the camera pans over and Philip has died from an apparent heart attack. (gasps) So the story is asking us to believe, is it possible that a gypsy curse could actually come true? (laughs) What What I love about their act is not only are they good at magic, like you were saying, Kyle, like they are as good as Houdini. They just, they don't have a good marketing team, basically. Um, the guy, when he starts the block of ice trick, he flips out on stage. Yeah. No reason. He could have easily walked out on stage. And then after their initial illusion in the beginning of the segment, uh, they, they finish their trick and then they just arbitrarily do a backflip <laughs> for no reason. Are they a gymnast routine? Yeah, or are they a it's magic very act? confusing. I think, sure. I think that's part of the marketing. Maybe they need to streamline it and cut out the flips because people are confused yep. when they're seeing their show. <laughs> I mean, I guess the first question is, has anyone heard of the Kirby brothers? Ah, uh, yes. So we have one of these, I guess that brings Yeah, the old to historical. Going yeah. into the I have not. stories. I have not either. Which are typically true. 
They are. They tend to be true. But here's the thing: been like burned once or twice. We have we been have. burned once or twice. But I don't. I don't find it hard to believe that the Kirby Brothers could have easily been a real magic act that we just have never heard right. of. There's a lot of, of these. I would tend to believe there were other magicians in the world who were jealous of Houdini's of course. fame. Absolutely. I mean, how many, very factual how many magicians can you name that work now? Probably not many. David Copperfield. Here's the, the thing, the, David. The, the masked magician. The masked magician. Guys, do you <laughs> remember go. this? The okay, masked that's magician. Okay. Let me dive into All the masked right. magician. David Blaine, which you, who you just brought up. Didn't he freeze himself in a block of ice? Yes, but did he get oh. inspired by these real people or, or beyond belief or did he <laughs> definitely did not right definitely maybe, maybe he watched it and if this is fiction he was like oh i'll make it fact that would be cool Ooh, i like that wow i would what a be theory interested also- to know if david blaine performed mm-hmm. this on the same network fox mm. most likely. <laughs> thank you mark so here's my question he wasn't actually like fully encased in a solid block of ice. It was a hollow block of ice that he was just hanging out in the middle. Ice was weird. Yes. Okay. Generally, that's how magicians do these frozen. Yeah. They, yeah. They're inside. It's not like Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I do like how arbitrary this curse is. Like, I get that they yeah. stole magic tricks, and that could be part of the thing that is, you know, fleshed out, you know, with the writers, potentially, whether it's fact or fiction. But there's something that's like, oh, and then they're going to die while doing a trick. And I'm like, that is so specific. But I could also see this curse being retroactively applied. Like I heard they were like after the yeah, guy, the guy true. just has a heart attack during a show. Right. And then later on, like years later, they're yeah. like, yeah, I heard there was a curse uh, on those brothers. An ironic like, the, curse. The curse really? is the yeah. part that makes me not want to believe this. Yeah. Sure. Because I feel like you've got a pretty solid, believable story. And then all of a sudden there's this curse introduced where I feel like the writers might be trying to go an extra mile to like make the story more that could, interesting and that could just be added onto a factual story still making it yeah fact, right it, mm-hmm. it feel, like maybe and, there wasn't and, a curse. And, and maybe not even by the writers but like we were saying like or i feel like said. maybe this became a little mythology mm-hmm. about around these real life brothers but isn't this also a fun world for the writers to play in like there's something very stereotypical about magic magic yeah. houdini it fits very much in the beyond belief it is a know, very beyond belief story yeah. with the heart attack happening when he tries to get the other brother out the whole irony yeah. of the curse mm-hmm. yeah that's a big it is very yeah. it, it is very tied in a bow in the irony yeah. it's like oh you think it's going to be this it's actually this uh well let's go ahead on to predictions guys i'll kick it off um do i think it's possible that some magicians that we have never heard of existed and then one of them died during an act yeah i do i'm gonna go fact on this one mark um, I think they are trying to use history to trick us and um, it just sounds too perfect so i'm gonna go fiction chris Based on what I'm voting for these other stories, I'm going to say fiction. Kyle? <laughs> I, I think there's so much that is believable in the story. And I usually say true on all the historical ones. But the gypsy thing and the fact that the little twist at the end is just the guy maybe had a heart attack just seems a little too weak for me. Fiction. Tiffany? Yeah, I think this just feels like too much of the perfect world for the writers to play in. So I'm going to say fiction. All right, we've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. Fiction. And we are going to move on to story number four, which is called The Old Bike. Take it easy. I'm never going to get a job, Nick. No one's going to hire me. Well, give it a chance. It's only been a week. I've been in jail, Nick. Nobody wants me. Stop feeling so sorry for yourself. Hey, don't tell me how to feel, okay? Fine. 
I won't tell you anything. Yeah, that's right. The Old Bike, a story of confusing accents. (laughs) Where are these people from? How are they related? (laughs) No one has a clue. Chris, you're going to give us a story summary. What happened here? Yeah, these people are brothers Kenny and Nick. And uh, Kenny just got out of jail. And they go to a thrift shop one day and they find this old bike. And for some reason, they have the impulse to buy it. They bring it home. So they start working on it together and bonding over it. And at one point, they get into a fight. Part of, let's just say, part of the bike, one of the handles comes off and there's a note inside. And the note um, is from their dad. It says, Property of Johnny Morgan. And so they find that that was their dad's bike. Weird, right? But that's not the end of the story. They call the number to the address that the, that was given, and they meet a man named Glenn, who's apparently their uncle that they had never met in their entire life and was never, and their dad never talked about this uncle. Well, apparently his dad and the, and Glenn started a construction company in their early twenties. They had a falling out. Um, but now Glenn still runs that company and decides to hire these two guys. And so they finally have work. I like how you laughed at the end of that. A story about employment. (laughs) This story is asking us to believe, is it possible that through a series of coincidences, uh, the brothers can find out that they had an uncle they never knew about? And the uncle apparently never knew about the kids either. Mm -hmm. And uh, then ultimately get jobs. The the jobs thing to me (laughs) is what makes me feel fictiony about this. It's like, why? It's it's the opposite for me. Yeah. it's (laughs) it's, It's the one extra... They are out of work, and the the uncle has a business, and he happens to be in the family. It's just like that's the part that's one bridge too far. I don't know. It made me kind of feel like if this were based in some random like feel good story in a local paper, what the writers did was condensed a much longer story and something very quickly because it's like, oh, I found our uncle. The uncle looks at the bike. That is my brother's bike. Oh, by the way, I have this company. You should work here. I mean, obviously that did not happen within the span of like a two minute conversation. I just, I don't know. There's something, yeah. it's just so weird. We've had these convoluted. stories before, right? Someone finds a, an old motorcycle. Someone finds an old bike. Someone finds an old item of some kind. And then I don't necessarily remember if they were true or false either, but I will say we can agree that this is a purely coincidental story. So what we have to decide is, is this just a coincidental story that was, wait, what? You disagree with that? (laughs) I mean, what's, what's, what if the ghost of the dead dad's doing some stuff here? Doing what? Yeah, there is. He's the one who turned on the headlight. I don't personally think that is true but i think an argument could be made well that's definitely what the segment implies like they're definitely saying that the the lights and the horn started flashing on the bike to draw them over to it the the thing that i think we can all agree on whether there's ghosts or not whatever it is ludicrous how they find the note like the lights start flashing on the bike and then the brother takes the handlebars and like starts bouncing it up and down like oh let me check the integrity of this bike and then the handlebar breaks off and then there's like a note inside the handlebar why would there be a note inside the is that a common thing has anyone ever heard of like you know like you sew your name into the collar of your jacket and you know your mom does that in case your jacket gets lost you also like break off the handlebar and stuff your address in there that's what your dad always tells you like has anyone ever heard that no that's that's ludicrous to me I feel like that part is crazy. I feel like the job makes it feel too feel good to me, too. I don't know. I'm feeling really weird about this one. Uh, uh, what? Not objection. What's the objection. case closed? 
That can't be it. What is but, that? <laughs> yeah, but with a hearsay. It's going to start throwing out legal terms. See what sticks. Leading the witness. <laughs> Leafing the witness. Oh, oh Mark, you. you. Let's go ahead on to predictions. I'll kick it off. Do I think that it's possible that some coincidences happened and led to someone finding an uncle? I just want to hedge my bets here. I don't think this actually happened the way that they're saying, but I think that this story is a feel good that they read somewhere. So I am going to go fact Mark Mm, twist. Ooh, I think we've had so so, it's another Caitlin Christine's candle moment. We've had so many of these that I just don't believe that there's enough of them out there. Fiction. Chris, Uh, if they're going to make a story, make something a little bit better. I don't know. Fact Tiffany. Purely because it feels, I, I'm kind of with Chris on the coincidence thing. It feels based on coincidences. I'm going to go fact. Kyle. I think this is fact. All right. We've all locked in our prediction. <laughs> did, did everyone go fact except for me? Yeah. Huh. Welcome to the club, Mark. We've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. Okay. The coin is predicted fiction, and we are going to move on to our fifth and final story of today's episode, which is called The Music Teacher. Nathaniel! Martin! <laughs> Do come in. Right on time. Of course, a punctual man is a respectful man. Martin. Uh, good to see you. How have you been? I could complain, but what would be the point? People hate complainers. <laughs> you haven't changed a bit. <laughs> as soon as our lesson is finished, you may have this chocolate. Mark, you're going to give us a story summary. What happened here? Um, yeah, so it follows Nathaniel, who's a pianist, and he's kind of like a Glenn Gould type. So he's world-renowned. He made Leonard Bernstein cry when he played one of his pieces. And during one of his shows, all of a sudden, he froze, and he couldn't play anymore. And this has been crippling him now for, I don't know, months or years. Um, and his wife's like, you know, maybe we should go back to Boston where he grew up. They go there, and she convinces him to meet with his first piano teacher uh, martin and he's reminiscing and he remembers that martin used to always have a piece of chocolate at the beginning of their lesson and he would place it on the piano and he would say you would get that chocolate when you finish your lesson so martin arrives um he even has a piece of chocolate he puts it on the piano they sit down and it's very hard for nathaniel to start playing but martin kind of puts his hands on on nathaniel's and there's an energy that kind of soars through nathaniel and all of a sudden he can play again his his block has been released and he gets the chocolate and then Martin leaves <laughs> what he does. Yeah, he's also like he earns his chocolate. Man. 50 years but old. But he doesn't eat it yet. He doesn't eat it. Uh, Martin walks out the door and as Martin leaves, 10 minutes later, someone comes at the door and it's Martin's son. And he tells Nathaniel, I'm so sorry, but my father passed away last night in his sleep. And I just wanted to tell you. And Nathaniel's like, I have the chocolate in my hands right here. <laughs> the, proof. the proof. The proof is in the chocolate. Yeah. So mm, this story is asking pudding. us to believe, is it possible that a man who lost his musical ability could have regained it from his first musical teacher who died yes. 24 yes. hours earlier? Ghost. Yes. Chris, but, the ghostly rules. Yeah, the ghostly rules on this one could, the- I mean, we've seen this before with the woman who died dated the the ghost that dated that guy for three weeks do you remember that (laughs) and he didn't realize that she was uh living in a graveyard down the street (laughs) graveyard down by the river first red flag really any new relationship 
So oh, I can't remember, Kyle. Do you remember if that one was true or false? Wait, which one was this? The one with the girl in the white dress and the girl in the black dress? No, no, no. This is the woman um, in the red silk dress. Or no, no the it man was the in the guy in the red silk, silk shirt. <laughs> I don't there was a lot of clothing <laughs> in this. Yeah, well, I don't know what I'm looking for. So. <laughs> oh, okay, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Maybe he meets with his old teacher and has a lesson, and there's something psychosomatic, and it works, and he works through it. Maybe he's seeing a therapist at the same time, and he kind of gets his musical ability back. Does he have to be dead the whole time? Or is that just a beyond belief? Yeah, that has to be part of it. Otherwise, why? What's the story? I don't know that that he got in touch with an old teacher. <laughs> yeah, and got chocolate. Got You're forgetting chocolate. about the and chocolate. At, and at the end, Jonathan Frakes is like, "Is it possible that he was able to find his old teacher's phone number to <laughs> remember this took place in the mid nineties before computers and <laughs> right. internet?" Also, can we talk about how phone books? How this musician had like this weird English accent. And then it was like, oh, but he's from Boston? Yes, like, this is clearly a Boston, Boston accent. accent. Yes, oh I gosh. studied under the most talented of researchers in the pianist field <laughs> growing up in the Lower East Side of Boston. <laughs> did anyone ever, did anyone like while watching this think that there was one writer who's like just really loves classical music and he was like, guys, I got this because it just seems so gratuitous at times where I was like, all right. And I then we're like, it. we pushed that writer from season two. He's been pushing this story. Yeah. We said no to him. And now we're out of ideas. So let's let him he do his. He wants a damn chocolate. Yes. <laughs> let him do his fucking chocolate story with the composer and just like, we'll so get it out of the way. Can we dive into the chocolate a little bit? The, the chocolate of this. Oh, what kind of chocolate is it? Does that part have to be real? No. no. The chocolate doesn't the, have to be real. That's the most so, real part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's like, kernel of truth for me, if you have a mental breakdown to the point of imagining that a, your old music teacher came back from beyond, you could also have, like, gone crazy enough to just go to the fucking convenience store and get a piece of chocolate and think that he dropped it off. That's actually a really good point. This guy randomly had some sort of actual mental, like psychological yeah, breakdown that could have led to like a hallucination. Like that makes more sense to me. What if everything about the story is totally true, except they changed that chocolate from a Twix to that chocolate, and that's why they're going to say this fiction. is fiction. Oh, do, you come think, on. do you think this? Why did you devote enough time to even uh -huh. say that? <laughs> do you think this story actually happened? Nope. It was actually a Snickers bar. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead on to predictions. Tiffany, why don't you kick us off? Fact or fiction? Jesse, you almost got me with the psychological breakdown element. But honestly, based on some of my other votes, um, I'm going to go fiction. All right. I'll go next. While I think that the psychological breakdown idea is the only possible way this story could be fact, I still think that this one is just a classic dead the whole time beyond belief writer situation. So I'm going to go fiction as well. Kyle. Well, I'm going to say the same exact thing you two did and vote the same way. <laughs> fiction. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Let's be honest here. I'm getting nervous that some of you remember something. I'm going to say fiction. Mark, last stop. Fact or fiction? Everyone else has voted fiction so far. This is scary. You guys know things and no one's talking. My, we could all be we could all be wrong. I no truly one, don't know it. Yeah. My gut this whole time was saying fact, so I'm just going to I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. Oh, wow. And go with fact. It's going to be interesting to listen to the pilot after this when I said the same exact <laughs> thing, got it wrong. Fact. <laughs> all right. We've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. The coin is going to vote fiction as well. And in a moment, we're going to find out which stories were fact and which were fiction. Stay with us. 
Hey guys, Jesse here. This is the part of the show in which we normally do an advertisement, or we will do an interview, or we recently, we did a seven-part series on us using a Ouija board for the first time, which was crazy fun. But with the show wrapping up, we've decided to do something a little different. We are going to turn the show over to you, the fans. So do you have a supernatural story? Do you have a story of crazy coincidence? Do you have questions about Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction? Do you have questions about our podcast, Beyond Beyond Belief? Or do you have questions for us as hosts? Or do you just want to tell us something? You don't even have to have a question. It doesn't matter to us. We want to hear from you. We want you to get in touch. We're going to answer any and all of your questions right here in this part of the show for the remaining episodes. So call us, 818-254-9876. Email us, info at beyondbeyondbelief.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at beyondbeliefpod. We don't care how you get in touch. We just want to hear from you. And we will, if you leave us a voicemail, we'll play it on the air. If you write in, we will read what you wrote. Send us questions, comments, anything you want to share with us, and we will select the best, and we will put them right here on this part of the show. We have loved doing this show for you guys, and we are so sad that the last five episodes are here finally, but we promise that you will love them. We have some amazing episodes and some quality A-plus guests coming your way that I think you guys will really enjoy. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all love and support. We love you guys, and we can't wait to hear from you. Which stories were fact and which were fiction? First story, Christine's Candles. No. Caitlin. Mm. Uh, Caitlin's Candles. Uh, this is the one about the mugging that ended up leading Caitlin to Christine's Candle. Jesse, There's no Christine. get your shit together. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, as a recap, everyone on this story voted fact. Except me. <laughs> Let's find out what the truth is. If you thought this story was based on a real-life occurrence, you're right. A similar story happened to a woman in the East in the early 80s. Fact. Did anyone actually remember this? No. No. Wow. 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 God. Nope, that was a pure guess on that one. Walrus? All right. Well, let's Mine go ahead. Mine was just voting with the wind. The wind? You voted with the popular vote. You guys are the wind. <laughs> I float on your gusts. Get off That's my... That's Houdini's off. jacket. Oh, right. <laughs> get off my gust, Chris. Yeah, please don't <laughs> refer to my gusts in public. Let's go ahead on to story number two, which is called The Flower Jury. This is the one about the flower hooked up to the polygraph test that was able to identify the murderer. Mm-hmm. Or the cops that just lied about that. Uh, as a recap, everyone voted fact on this one. Let's find out what the truth is. This one has to be false, right? Wrong. Our research shows a similar incident happened in the New York area in the late 70s. Fact. Yeah. Fact. Well, I did know this we one. All I remember this we one. all remember this one. We all remember this one. This was so I, bizarre at the time yeah. that we watched it last I would, year. I, that would, it, I would say upsetting. This yeah, was so I was so upsetting. annoyed. Yeah. I was so I, I being no, very upset. That. I like this story. Ugh. I no like way. that it's true. Me no too. Way. Me too. Hmm. Um, can I mention something we forgot to talk about in the story? Yeah. Is that a character from Battlestar Galactica? We have another oh, Battlestar right. Galactica alum in this episode. It's Who Aaron it? Douglas. It was Chief uh, Tyrell or Tyrell. Is that the younger Tyrell. one? Um, yes. 
the he, younger, he was the younger, the younger oh. detective he, in this. We said this during the show. One of the better actors of all time on Beyond Beyond Belief. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Beyond Belief. So, <laughs> Not so Beyond. we we had we had um, a character last se- or earlier this season. Now we got another one. This is the Battlestar Galactica of, launching point. A lot of the alum, a lot of yeah, a lot of the careers got started here on Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Nope. Um, let's go ahead on to story number three, The Mentor. This is the one about the magician brothers. One of them died based on an old gypsy curse. Now, as a recap, everyone voted fiction on this one. Hmm. Except me. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out what the truth is. If you thought this one was phony, you're right. It never happened. Fiction. Now, I'm assuming that you guys remembered this one. I did remember this uh-huh. one. Yeah, Only because it was a historical I, thing. And I think we all very passionately voted fact. I initially. remember Kyle looking up after if the Kirby brothers existed and he found that there were no such thing. And that's why I voted fiction. Also, little Easter egg for our listeners. If you go back and listen to old episodes, sometimes we have mentioned the Houdini story. Yes, because it was the pilot episode, and when we say s- sometimes we have mentioned, it's mostly it's Tiffany. Most, yeah. I don't know what it is, but I brought it up. Well, this is, that, it. this is the thing. We are so bad at remembering these <laughs> stories that <laughs> we forget that that's a story that we should not be talking about. Yeah. Like I, I, it, I bet if you go to the Robert E. Lee story and the story about the World War II guy in the Jeep that gets blown up, I bet Tiffany mentions the Houdini story in those episodes. Probably. It's just a little <laughs> Easter egg for our listeners. Let's go ahead on to story number four. This is the old bike. This is the one about the brothers who were out of work and then found an old bike and then, you know, got some work because of it. As a recap, everyone voted fact on this one, except Mark. Yeah. Let's find out what the truth is. Have you heard a story like this before? You may have. A similar event happened in New England in the 90s. Oh, come on. Fact. Um, I'm going to say something that might be controversial. Chris, if you get a hundred on this one, it doesn't really count. Yeah, I agree. What? It's going to have an asterisk next to it. Yeah, and it's up for the forever. listeners to believe. If like, you okay. get your fucking trophy, you'll get your shit. Hold on. But it doesn't technically So count. wait. Okay. So, yeah. what, we should wait. Let's even see if this happens. All right. <laughs> this is going to be the most hilarious thing. Okay. This is going to be the biggest controversy our podcast has ever seen. Yeah, it is. But here's team the thing. Chris currently, team Chris. Team 100. Yeah, Team 100. True 100. <laughs> Hashtag true 100. Yeah. Let's just. Cur- currently, hash- Chris Chris has said he's already known two of the answers. So if he gets 100%, he's basically getting his 60%. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> cute. Why am I even here? <laughs> Why do I even do this? We don't know. We ask that every day you show up. Roll the clip. (laughs) Well, I have to tell everyone what we're doing. Sure. (laughs) Then roll the clip. Yeah, I will roll the clip. Okay, this is story number five. This is called The Music Teacher. This is the one about the music teacher who had chocolate in his pockets at all times. Now, as a recap, everyone voted fiction on this one, except Mark. Yep. Let's find out. I really hope Mark's... Nah, I hope Mark is the one who is correct so Chris cannot even get a fake 100. Hey, I, I hope so too. <laughs> Let's find out what the truth is. Did a similar story to this one take place? Perhaps. But this one has been made up. Oh my. Fiction. Did anyone only get one correct this week? Did anyone get only two correct this week? Okay. So far we're in it. Did anyone get three correct this week? Yes, sir. Ah, Mark, I'm with you. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Doesn't that feel nice? At least it's (laughs) 60, you know? Yeah. Sometimes going out on a limb is worth doing. 
Sure. Not, I mean, not this time. My yeah, my integrity is intact. Is yours? You guys both got sixty percent. Oh, fighting okay. words. <laughs> Let's wait until the announcement, shall Did we? Did anyone get four correct this week? Wow. And so that means that Kyle, Tiffany, and Chris either got zero or five correct, and I'm going to assume. You guys got all five stories correct. We sure yes. did. Congratulations. 100%. Congratulations to everybody. A s- officially part of the club. 40 yeah. episodes now, in. There's an asterisk on There's this There's an one. asterisk. Let's give him his speech. Okay, go okay. ahead. Yeah, speech. Go ahead. We are 40 episodes in. I was supposed to get this 100 on episode 32 statistically. Jesse, can you please explain? Well, uh, we have friend of the podcast, Alex Walsh, who will very likely have a strong opinion about this 100%. But in um, <laughs> in general, he says that, you know, you're statistically going to get a five out of five out of 32 uh, episodes statistically. So That's the right. fact that Chris has breezed way past the episode 32 mark has made him a statistical anomaly. Yes, 32 came and I thought for sure. And went was- and went. And then 33 and so on. Now we're on 40. And I actually got my first hundred. And now you want to steal it from Astro. me? I mean, yeah. how do you feel about your hundred? I don't even feel great about my hundred, but yeah. I have the lowest statistic out of everyone. So I'm all for the boost. But like, I know this isn't real because uh, I definitely remember. I mean, you're just going to give up now I or are you going to mm-hmm. try to fight for that okay. real 100? You know what? You guys are right. You're totally right. This was a a flawed episode. I was given early information on a couple stories. And I will accept that it is not a real oh. hashtag no, no, 100. Feel, hashtag feel yeah, he's making, I mean, he's really doing a, a sob story yeah, over here. I mean, it is okay, I'll hunt. take it. I'm part of the club. Yeah. But I mean, we're still going to count it, right? Because I really desperately need this. <laughs> I need my stats to go Yeah, up. I really right. need you it. You guys need it too. If you're not going to count it for me, then don't count. Well, then, you're, then you're totals. Oh, no, I'm all for counting it for everybody. I mean, I'm always on the lowest what, anyway. Here's what we I should probably do. No, wait, we, should, we should probably count it as part of the overall stats because we have watched other episodes in the past that have mm-hmm. counted and we don't really remember. Clearly, based on Mark and me getting three. I, mean, I got we're two not, on the last yeah, one. We're not all remembering 100%. Right. And, but I think what we should also do is take a look at the statistics from the original pilot episode and do an average of those. Mm-hmm. And so we will count oh. both uh, this one and the last one. So you're going to average these two or are you going to bring both into the final results? It's a great question. We'll ask friend of the podcast, Alex Walsh, what makes more <laughs> statistical sense? Well, there's also the possibility of just using the originals true results there is that as well i think but you also there you know for instance you guys have you know watched a show a while ago so there's there's so many things that could come in as like oh i sort of remember this one i sort of remember that one and so the only reason we kind of had this one more so because we talked about we are taking exactly so seriously i really want this to count (laughs) my instinct is that we should average our scores from the pilot and this one as one score okay and so it's not like but it might mathematically be the same thing in the end i don't know how that works so we'll find that out and Kyle, what did the coin get this week? Well, the coin voted all fiction on this Bold one. move. So, coin. <laughs> so Bold it, move. So we got two of them right, so we got 40%. Not bad. All right. Not bad for the coin. Not bad for the coin. Yeah. Don't vote down the line fiction. You're never going to get zero doing that, though. You're never going to get 100 either. What would you know about 100, Chris? Apparently not much. Asterisk. Imagine if the final episode of this show was 100% one way or the other. All fictions are all facts. Oh my god. I mean it can happen. We we don't know if they've if they're never going to do that. They could easily do it. We'll see. Um but guys, overall, what a fun episode to revisit and re-experience again. C- Christine's Candles, one of my favorite. <laughs> no, no. Oh, god damn it. 
I think that plant one is one of my favorite stories. Wow, I think it's one of the ones I like the least. Yeah, it's one of the ones that infuriates me. Like that one, the I vampire, whatever. The, the vampire sucks, but this one's awesome. Oh, vampire Werewolf. sucks? Oh, I get it. The vampire sucks <laughs> and the plant one's succulents. Oh. oh. Well done. All right, guys. Well, we're going to end it there because it's only going to get worse. Um, <sighs> thank you all for listening 100%. and revisiting our well, okay Chris uh, thank you all for listening and revisiting our pilot episode check out uh, on Thursday we're going to release a bonus episode which is the original pilot from our original recording let us know what you guys think and until next week this is Beyond Beyond Belief Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by Five Friends Living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction is voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. All audio clips are used strictly for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators. You can send us feedback, questions, or share your own story that is Beyond Belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com, as well as find show notes and links to us on social media. Thanks for listening. Those guys might not count in, but I believe in my 100%. Chris, I'm... I'm right here we're all still in the room actually yeah i can hear you i meant to wait i meant to wait until you left (laughs) got it yeah it didn't happen